Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. The Courageous Heart And perhaps you know that I'm the chaplain at the Mother House of the Poor Handmaids of Jesus Christ in the United States, sister, at uh, Donaldson, Indiana. Indiana? Yes, it's one of the states. Uh, the United States oh. of America. Oh, oh, I have heard of the United States, Father Mega, but forgive my ignorance. I have never traveled further from Dernbach than Montabaur or Limburg. Oh, but you're not ignorant of the life of Mother Mary Gasper. No, the mother prioress assured me of that. She said you were the one that I should talk to. You see, I've been asked to write a biography of Catherine Casper, so, well, I decided first off to come here to Lower Westerwald. Uh, uh, Westerwald. Oh, yes. And uh, to Dernbach. Good father, good. <laughs> uh, to the first of the mother houses created by her. Oh, she was very, very much a part of this tiny place. Will you tell me about her? All I can. And perhaps more. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't understand. What do you mean by perhaps more? When I think of that wonderful woman, and I do think about her a great deal, I am, well, I am inclined to fantasize about her. I... I try to imagine what it must have been like for her here in Dernbach in the 19th century. As a girl, she was not a good student, you know, and it bewildered her mother. Do you learn anything in school, Catherine? Anything at all? I am learning to read, Mama. I read quite well. That's all? 
I don't understand you at all, Catherine. I really don't. What do you read? I read the Bible and The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. That's all you've learned at school, how to read? I only care about reading and religion. I learned how to read so that I could read about religion. Religion is a fine thing, Catherine. Your father and I go to Mass every Sunday, you know that, and Holy Communion two or three times a year. All you children know your catechism. Mama, what about the rosary? Catherine, don't start fussing with me about that. We do quite enough. What are religious vows, Mama? Religious vows? Why, religious vows are, are what priests, brothers, and nuns take when they complete their period of training in a religious community. I have never seen a nun. I've never seen a convent. Well, neither have I, for that matter. Not since I was a child. Could I see one? My dear, I don't think there is a convent within 50 miles of here. Why do you want to see one? I don't know. I'm curious. Oh, Mama, I wish we were very, very poor. You wish what? Oh, I wish that I could live in a place where they would make me practice obedience. Perfect obedience. You obey me and your father. Just worry about that. Catherine, sometimes I just don't understand you. Sometimes you talk like a fool. What if people should hear you? What would they think? They would think me a fool, at least. I hope so. Oh, not demented, not that kind of a fool. But the kind of a fool who wants to give all. All. God only knows what you think you're after. Yes. Only he knows. And one day he will let me know. Well, I should tell you, Father Meger, that by 1814, Duke Friedrich Wilhelm had confiscated all church properties in his domain, and among them, the Franciscan monasteries at Montebauer and Limburg, and the Kapuzin House at Bornhofen. So it was not surprising that Catherine's parents had not seen a nun or a monk since childhood. Then, as a child, she never knew a really religious atmosphere. Oh, nominal, Father. Only nominal. And the priests. Well, they had little contact in those days with anyone who was not of the elite, the the better class of citizens. So Catherine had no one really to guide her. And after her father died... Well, you wanted to be poor. Now we are poor. How do you like it? It is all right, Mama. We still have potatoes and barley. It's all right. It is not all right. Catherine, you should get married. Don't you want to get married? Do you know what I want to do, Mama? What I am going to do? I'm going to join the Franciscan tertiaries in Limburg. What good will that do? What will become of me? Oh, Mama, I'll still be living here with you, and I'll work and earn money... But Limburg is 30 miles away. Yes. I may not be able to go to all of their meetings. Still, I will go to as many as I can. Walk 30 miles to Limburg? I just don't understand you. I never have. I know, Mama. But it will be all right somehow. You will see. Seems to have had precious little understanding from her mother. From anyone, Father. From anyone at all. She bewildered everyone who came in contact with her. Why, do you think? 
because she was always listening, listening always, oh, oh not to those around her, but to, to the voice within her. Those are her words, the voice within me. That voice she listened to with her full attention and all the time. When Father Horsbach, the young curate of this parish, told her to go to Father Hyman in Montabaua, he had to command her to go. Why did he want her to go? I don't know precisely, but I think the young man was honest enough to admit to himself that he had neither the, the wisdom nor the experience to deal with this extremely determined and concentrated young woman. Father Hyman was dean of the district at that time, and because she was always obedient to the voice of the church, Catherine went to Montabaur to see him. Is there the afternoon services? Oh, yes. Why here in Montabaur? Um, I am here, Father Hyman, because Father Rosbach at home told me to come to Montabaur to see you. Why? I... Um, I, I don't know. He thought I should. Where is home? Dernbach. Isn't there someone in Dernbach you would like to marry? Or has no one asked for you? I do not wish to marry. What do you want? Do you want to make a general confession? I don't know. You don't know whether you want to make a general confession or not? I'm simply trying to find out why you are here. I don't know what it is exactly, a general confession. Does it mean to tell everything about my life? In a way, that's what it means. Then that is what I want. I want to tell everything. You have never made a general confession? Yes, but I didn't know that that's what it's called. Now I want to tell everything again, if you will listen to me. You want to turn over a new leaf, will you? Get your soul in proper order? Stop all your gabbing about? I don't think I have been getting about. I've been always at home with Mother. <laughs> Except, of course, when I go to Limburg to the meetings of the Franciscans. Oh, you do that, do you? When I can. That's good. I'll tell you what, young lady. Come back and see me on Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday? Yes, Wednesday. What is so horrifying about Wednesday? The middle of the week? Wednesday is in the middle of the week. What would my mother say? What would your mother say? I don't know. I... Father Hyman, I take care of my mother. I have to work to support her to come here on a Wednesday, a work day. I, I, I just don't know what she would say. Nevertheless, that's where I shall expect you, on Wednesday. Wednesday? Yes, Mama. That's the day Father Hyman asked me to come. But Why? Why Wednesday? To make a general confession. Are you so wicked that you have to go to confession in the middle of the week? I have been very wicked. That's true. How? What have you done that you haven't told me? What? Sins. Many sins. What sins? Tell me. Sins of the spirit. Sins that I must confess to God to set my life straight before I can go on. Go on to what? I don't know as yet, Mama. My inner voice hasn't told me. Your inner voice? Oh, Catherine, really. I lose patience sometimes. It's all right. My inner voice will tell me one day. You'll see. When I have made myself ready to hear its instructions, it will tell me. 
doesn't seem to have met with much understanding, does she? Or even, if I may say so, much civility, even from the clergy. No. No, that's true, Father. At the first encounter, everyone seems to have mistrusted her or, well, even perhaps disliked her. Mm. Well, but you know how slowly the church moves and how many, many pitfalls it has avoided by moving slowly. Oh, indeed I do know, sister. I've asked myself if there weren't something about Catherine herself that made people hostile at first. Oh, surely not. Well, why not, Father Meager? We know now what she was and all that she managed to accomplish. Well, in, in all people like that, all driven people... Driven? Yes, yes, driven by her inner voice... In all people like that, is there not apt to be something, something in, intense, something stubborn, single-minded? Yes, driven. That makes them frightening, perhaps, to others who, who take no for an answer more readily, who have compromised to make life simpler. Don't you agree? I'm afraid I do. But in spite of being frightened by her... They could not give her up. And sooner or later, reluctantly, even unwillingly, they came round to her way, and they became devoted to her. Father Hyman did. He became her spiritual director, her human guide. I suggest, Catherine, that you receive Holy Communion every week. Every week? Why, Father Hyman? What would my mother say? Your mother would say that once a year at Easter is quite sufficient. Yes, that is what she would say. That's because people have grown to think of receiving this sacrament as a reward for virtue. Isn't it? Can't it also be a way of acquiring a new virtue? Hmm. I would have to think about it. Think about it? It's true. You mean you have thought about it? this instant and found it true? I didn't have to think about it. My inner voice told me it is true. And your inner voice is always right. Yes. Oh, Father Hyman, does that sound vain? I don't feel vain. I used to think you were one of the vainest young women I ever met. Now I'm not so sure. My inner voice talks to me and makes me listen. And I believe what it says. Always. I must. Even if your inner voice is wrong. I must take that chance. That's all I know. And I believe, Catherine Casper, that you are a good woman. One of the best. Oh, no, Father Hyman. I have so far to go. So much to do. Ha have, I, have I told you about the Association of Charity? Heavens, child. When do you find time to make a living? Oh, in between. The Association of Charity is dedicated to taking care of the sick and needy. I drew up the statutes. A friend wrote them down for me. Would you like me to tell you them? I would indeed. Hmm. The purpose of our society is the propagation of virtue through example, instructions, and prayer. Since we have selected the Blessed Virgin Mary as our patroness, we can do nothing more pleasing to God than to imitate her beautiful virtue. With thy grace, O Lord, we desire to begin doing this and carry it 
to completion. She seems to have won over Father Hyman completely. Oh, yes. Yes, he was her friend till he died. But then the day came when she was possessed with the idea of building a convent. And, Father, as you well know, in order to build a convent, permission of the bishop is necessary. Hmm? And at that time, the bishop of Limburg was one Peter Josef Blum. He was a big man. Big physically, I mean. Large nose, piercing eyes, a jutting jaw, heavy eyebrows. And when she saw him in his episcopal robes, cravat, cape, pectoral cross, and, and wide sash over the purple cassock, well, well, it was enough to overwhelm a poor shabby peasant girl. Even one who is driven by an inner voice. Always, Your Excellency. I have always wanted it. To have... I, I, I mean, to live... Even before I knew what a convent was. You see, there isn't any such a thing within 50 miles of Dernbach. But the word, just the word convent, has thrilled me all my life. And religious vows, I didn't even know what they were. And yet I knew I had to take them one day and, and, and live in a convent. But now you want to build one. Yes. No, no, not a large one, just a little house. That's all where a few of us could live. Someday it might grow into a religious community, but for the moment, I only want a little house. Why? What? Why? Why what? Why do you want to build a convent? I, would, to, to carry on the work, our, our work for the needy and the Can't you do that anyway? Well, yes, but it would be better. Why if... would it be better? Because we we need the discipline and... and... We, we need to take the religious vows and be true to them. It doesn't seem reason enough. You may feel that you need to become a religious, but I can't see right now that anyone else needs for you to become one. Any other reason? The voice within me. The, the what? The voice within me. It is telling me and telling me over and over and all the time that this is what I must do. Build a little house, it keeps saying, for a few women where they can lead holy lives. And you listen to this voice within you? It is the only voice I do listen to. Mm, I believe that. Dear Catherine Caspar, go home. Go straight home. Say your prayers, work hard, and give up your fanciful notions. Do not spend your energy, of which you seem to have a good deal, scheming schemes and dreaming dreams. Go home and pray. That is all I have to say to you. She had walked 40 miles to see Bishop Bloom, Father. And she'd had to pick a time of year when farm work was scarce, for she was still supporting her mother. 40 miles to see a man who told her to go on home and stop having notions. Mm. Did she ever see him again? Mm-hmm, yes. Four times and four refusals. Then in 1847, ah, who knows why, he, he had a change of heart. 
It has occurred to me, Fräulein Kaspar, that perhaps I am being an obstacle to God's will. I would not wish that. If it is truly God's purpose, and he has selected you... He has, Your Excellency. That is not for you to say. No, Your Excellency. Are you going to tell me that your inner voice tells you that it is so? It does tell me so, Your Excellency. And of course you listen. Of course. I wish you would listen as attentively to me. I do listen to you, Your Excellency. I do. But you do not feel compelled to obey me. Is that it? Of course I must obey you, Your Excellency. But the voice within me, it will not be silent. It keeps talking to me. It says, try again. Try harder. It will come to pass if you only try again. Try harder. Well, to an extent, your inner voice has been right all along, Catherine. Because I have decided to give my permission for you to build your little house. Your Excellency... You have my permission. Oh, thank you. But no money. I can give you no money. Oh. Ah, that changes your plans, doesn't it? Oh, no. It is very difficult to build even a very small house with no money. I have four gulden. Oh, that will hardly pay for a chalice. I will find more. People will help me. I hope you will be so fortunate. Yes, they will help me. And there will be many, I know it. The voice within me tells me there will be many. And one day... There is not enough time to tell you of the trials Mother Mary Caspar went through before this house was built. So many helped her. Even the mayor of Dernbach acted as her agent and got her a permit. When it came to sign the deed, she had, in spite of her great happiness, one moment of regret. What could that have been? As they put the paper in front of her and handed her the pen... She hesitated a moment, then looked up with shining eyes and said, Really, you know, when I was in school, I really should have learned to write. And then she put an X on the dotted line. <laughs> Sister Otilda, am I keeping you from your other duties? Well, it is nearly time for Vespers. You've been very kind. But I've only given you the barest outline of only the beginnings of the poor handmaids of Jesus Christ. You'll come back again, won't you, so that we can talk some more? Oh, you, you must come back many times. I'll come back as often as you'll allow me. Tell me, Sister Othilda... Why have you in particular so immersed yourself in the life of Mother Mary Caspar? You know so much about her. I owe my life to Mother Mary Caspar. No one told me. It was September 29, 1950. A Friday, I remember it well. Just after the exhumation of the body of Mother Mary Caspar... The remains, clothed in a new habit, were placed in a new casket, and all of us were to be allowed to view them at one o'clock. Well, I had been very ill with some sort of 
infection that, that spread all over my body and finally reached my eyes. I was almost blind. Twice I had been given the last sacrament. They brought me in in a reclining wheelchair to look at the mortal body of my spiritual mother. I must have gazed at her, oh, two or three minutes, when I heard a gentle voice say, I could not believe my ears. But a minute later, I... I heard it again. Come, child. The gentle voice had become more insistent. And then again, I heard... I twisted and, and turned beneath the sheets and blankets, struggling to, to stand. Then I heard myself cry out, Mother! And I stood and I walked. I could see and I was well. I was well. It was a miracle, do you think? That's for the church to decide, Father. Not for us. All I know is that it happened. That's quite enough. I think so. But that is why I, I know so much of the life and spirit of Mary Caspar. And why I give thanks each day that she was what she was. Listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in specials in Antony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, 
Friars of the Atonement, Greymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.